into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there. And if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is doing well. As you know, my name is Eric Taylor. If you're a first time here, say hello. We love to see you. Um, I am Eric Taylor. I'm the CEO, Chief uh, Forensic Officer of Barricade Cyber. Um, and I welcome you to today, October 6, 2023, episode 467 of the Type Top Cybersecurity News Now. And I am flustered as well. I have not had enough coffee this morning. It's been it's been a long week, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a very very long week. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some stories. As always, I want to remind everybody here that you know if you are here and you do require CPEs, like most of us that are in SANS and some other certification bodies, you, you got to have certain CPEs in there. So please remember that each episode is worth half a CPE. So take that screenshot, say say hello to everybody in the chat, like everybody's doing like jonathan reed emmanuel dark stephanie strauss i see all of y'all thank you so much thanks for dropping that barricade cyber logo i do greatly appreciate it um if you are first time here again welcome glad to see you if you're like okay what in the world is going on who is this jack wagon here right so we normally these shows are hosted by dr joe Dozier. from time to time i get the the honor of being able to fill in for him and give you guys a technical perspective. I'm not much of a CISO. I'm not a very you know, politically correct individual to say. If you ever get to talk to me very much, I'm not that type of person. So uh, one of those guys that I will tell you the way it is. And that's the kind of the perspective that I bring to the table when I do these, uh, these guest shows. But as always, I do keep it as a Disney room chat, try to keep it PG-13 as much as possible if i feel the need that i do need to get a little spicy and a little salty i will hit the infamous just to kind of blurb that thing out for little miss kennedy and the other little ones that may be in the room so the adults kind of know what's going on and yeah but anyway <laughs> uh again if you are uh if you are team hybrid you're catching up and listening to me talk really really fast good to see you much love to those who are on Team Audio. I know Dr. Jo a couple of times I come in, I don't see Dr. Gerald Ozier. Give a shout out to you guys over there. So, hey, Audio, I know you can't see me wave, but we see you driving to work and 
glad that you're able to tune in and join us today or whenever you may be tuning into this. Um, if you are a team replay, I did see Dr. Joe Dozier say a couple of days ago that you know, team replay is definitely coming a six to one ratio, if I remember correctly, uh, from those who are uh, watching, you know, after the fact. So thank you so much. As always, we, we want to expand this reach. So if you can do us a big favor, I do start, currently see 160, 137 people in here. If you can, please consider uh, hitting that thumbs up button so that way other people on YouTube will know about this content. You know, we are trying to grow a community. We are trying to get that outreach and we are trying to invite other people who are interested to break into the space or simply advance their knowledge or just get somebody else's perspective. Um, anybody who's been in the InfoSec cybersecurity world a lot, you know your world gets very minimal you you have a almost a eco chamber of thoughts and ideas and it's always good to be able to step to the side a little bit and kind of look out the door and see what everybody else is saying this is kind of a good place for that and with that i do want to give a shout out and a thank you to the show's sponsors with with that we want to talk about panopsi security panopsisecurity.com is the place to go if you're looking for a company to help you get your quantified risk assessments done. Eric, what's a quantified risk assessment, you may ask? Quite simply, if you are trying to get projects done and you're having problems getting this thing explained, kind of like I do sometimes when you're trying to you know, talk to the CISO or the C-suite of your organization, sometimes these type of reports definitely help get you across that finish line. It helps explain things in a very dollars and cents scenario of the risk to doing it not doing it and kind of a timeline so you know, if you're looking to again go into 2024 more secure than you are in 2023 please consider panopsi security for your quantified risk assessment and the wonderful team of folks that are over there to help you again uh, help you achieve your goals they are a uh, a Swiss Army knife in, in your backpack if you will so one of many tools you've got to pull out to help you get where you want to go also i want to much shout out to the one and only john strand and his entire team at black hills information security they have the whole training arm called anti-siphon training and with this you can get pretty much a lot of your basic introductory uh courses taken care of for pretty cheap you literally pay what you can description is down in the link below um so you know definitely check it out they have reports for pen testers again i think i said this last time you know when i was doing a lot of bug bounty and doing a lot of pen penetration testing reporting was a major issue you know trying to figure out how to do that and it looks like B the the gentleman bb king has got that solved you know i've heard him speak on a couple of the webinars for black hills he definitely seems like a very knowledgeable incredible individual so definitely check that out if you're in there if you're looking for SOC core training active defense uh, regular expressions. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'm, I'm even I, I'm over here googling how do I reg, reg X this thing. So, so regular expressions. You don't know. You hear reg X, R E G E X, reg X. It's short for regular regular expressions. So, definitely check them out. They, they always have a wealth of knowledge. They're always coming out with some new content, and they're gonna be able to help you educate you and your team um, to make you guys and gals even stronger 
in the world of cybersecurity and be able to help get your job done just a little bit easier. Just so everybody knows, we do. I did check my schedule before jumping in here. As of you know, starting this show, at least, I do not have anything hard pressing. So we will have a little bit of jaw jacking. So definitely save your questions to the end. And uh, I would facilitate that a little bit. And Jeremy, I'm not going to butcher that last name, but definitely hello, first time. Uh, thank you, Mods, for posting that in there. So. Jeremy, we do see you. Thank you so much for joining. With that, we will switch gears and get into the top cybersecurity news of the day and let you know what in the world I think about it. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, October the 6th, 2023. Apple rolls out patch for active iOS zero day. Tracked as CVE 2023-42824, this is a kernel vulnerability that can be abused for privilege escalation. Apple says it has mitigated the issue with improved checks. They also mentioned in an advisory that the issue, quote, may have been actively exploited against versions of iOS before iOS 16.6, end quote. According to the Hacker News, quote, while additional details about the nature of the attacks and the identity of the threat actors perpetrating them are currently unknown, successful exploitation likely hinges on an attacker already obtaining an initial foothold by some other means, end quote. Uh, what, sorry, this is coming in for Dr. Gerald Osher. What's that, sir? Ah, you gotta patch it. That's right. You gotta patch it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so I was seeing this in our ecosystem a little bit. I didn't know. So Apple has been having some major updates going through recently. I know Google has been doing the same thing. You know, I, I didn't dive into exactly what it was, but now you know, we have actual EDRs on our phones, uh, on our company issued phones. So I want to go back and dive into this and see if there's any TTPs. Um, so, you know, if you are in the Apple ecosystem, and you're using a true MFA uh, platform like a Duo or an Authy or whatever, a lot of those plans will uh, uh, prompt you to say, hey, your version's out of date. Uh, a lot of times you'll see it from your M MFA platform than you ever will see it from your application, uh, from the OS itself. It's really goofy, but whatever. Um, so yeah, definitely get out there, get to. Ah, you gotta patch it. <laughs> um and get get there and patch it right so uh yeah like i said there's i think 17 ios 17.0 correct me in the wrong, if i'm wrong chat and i probably am to be honest with you but i think 17.0 has come out just came out like two weeks ago typically right after apple does their big conference and talks about the new releases of devices and stuff like that i think the the new us typically rolls out a couple weeks afterwards and it does seem like it's within the last month and we're already on you know version 0.3 so they, they've been having some some issues with the little buggy software cisco patches urgent emergency responder flaw Cisco has released updates to manage a critical security flaw in its Cisco Emergency Responder software, a product that, quote, enhances the emergency 911 functionality of Cisco Unified Communications Manager by tracking and updating the location of callers and phones, end quote. 
The vulnerability is identified as CVE 2023-20101 with a CVSS score of 9.8. Huh. According to the Hacker News, this high rating is, quote, due to the presence of static user credentials for the root account that the company said is usually reserved for use during development, end quote. This issue affects release 12.5 brackets 1 SU4 and has been addressed in version 12.5 bracket 1 SU5. Other releases of the product are not impacted. You know, I was actually talking to Casually Joseph very briefly before starting this thing, and I was like, I don't know just how spicy I'm going to get. And <laughs> come on. So, all right. So let me try to wind this back a little bit. So those who don't know, there used to be a major problem with firmware and we, you'll see it a lot in the consumer base, like your residential routers and residential gear where they have hard coded uh, username and passwords. It's actually pushed out from the firmware and the firmware updates. So if they want to change the, they want to rotate their passwords, they would do it from the uh, fir firmware. And there was, you know, that's a big no-no, right? Because most of them are, just like I said in here, a root access level access. So you have full system control of the device by getting that. And there was a huge thing for, uh, and I think it still is, but, you know, bug bounties for firmware hacking, so to speak. You, you're decoupling and de uh, decompiling the firmware that's being pushed out. Um, and you really want to get really granular with your cybersecurity and what you're putting into your house. Let me, you can go down that road, but you're not going to like life. I can tell you that, that when you want to really understand what an acceptable risk is, start doing that with all of your devices in your, your house, start decompiling all those firmwares. You, like I said, you will quickly understand what an acceptable risk means. Um, so because otherwise you're just going to go completely off the grid and just go move in Alaska pretty much at some point in time. It's, it's really the wild, wild west. So, you know, to have Cisco essentially have through the QA process from dev to product prod production to allow or not catch hard coded credentials inside of a firmware update that's being pushed out is a major, major issue. Um, there's just, so here, here's, here's a two second scoop, you know, again, from, ah, you got to patch it. All right. I'm probably going to wear that button out today, but you're good. You see this release today. You see this release today. I guarantee you that today is Friday. You know, as Dr. Joe says, mark the tape. Um, I guarantee you by Monday or Tuesday, you're going to see threat actors exploiting this. You know, a lot of times, you know, so unless it's a zero day that they discovered, but threat actors are looking at these feeds just like us. And these things are typically a day or two old before CISO series picks it up into their news feed. Nothing against CISO series. I'm just saying that we... Now that we're talking about it this morning, just understand you're a day, maybe half a day to a day, maybe even two days behind the curve of publication, right? So if you have this gear, you know, all hands on deck, do your evaluation, 
if you have any test equipment, things of that nature that you could be able to potentially use to you know test to make sure that this patch works. But try to get these patches rolled out immediately because again, threat actors are going to see this. They're testing equipment all the time. If you don't think that they don't have a closet full of stuff and they're not buying trials or not buying, but getting trials to EDRs and things of that nature and constantly testing their systems to get around and circumvent EDR tools and other uh, other equipment, you're sadly mistaken. So please don't don't sleep on this, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm going to wear this button out today. Researchers warn of 100,000 exposed ICS systems. Power grids, traffic light systems, security and water systems are amongst the infrastructure that cybersecurity company BitSight has noted as being exposed and vulnerable on the Internet through units such as, quote, sensors, actuators, switches, building management systems and automatic tank gauges, end quote. This number is actually a year-over-year -year improvement since 2019. The vulnerabilities cover all major industry sectors such as finance, education and energy and more, and the most vulnerable countries are the US, Canada, Italy, the UK and France. Uh, so I want you all to make note of this. Administrators can remove known attack vectors associated with this vulnerability by preventing access to the setup folder endpoints on Confluence why why in the uh this right here shows me you know this thing's been going on for a little while now apparently um and of course here's your your ttps you know unexpected members for confluence unexpected newly created so this one right here newly created user accounts this should be a standard you know if you're doing Secure uh, SOC services or NOC, Security Operations Center or Network Operations Center. Newly created user accounts should be your top one of your top priorities. Newly created services should be another top priority. Now, anyway, but I I would suspect these guys have not gone through a quantified risk assessment. Oh, Brandon Poole, um, or gone through any sort of penetration test. You know that's offered by. Black Hill Security. Um, nope. Just throwing some names out there because those sponsors do actually do a lot of this stuff and can, yeah. An ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure. You know, growing up, I never really understood that. But here in the past, well, 15, 20 years, I'm really starting to understand it more and more. So, these these I know for a fact when I was doing uh, penetration testing forward slash setup and then setup dot or setup asterisk dot whatever another variable when we're doing web servers. Uh, we were always, you know, looking for those setup files because for when I first started doing it, WordPress was a major issue for it. And some of the other platforms was. Um, always a constant thing being able to uh, web developers wouldn't remove the yeah i think it was setup.php for wordpress going to show how it's been so long holy moly but in, you you get the you get the gist ladies and gentlemen there's this type of thing has been around for a while that even old hats like me that you know just mess around on the internet know 
to look for these kind of things, right? So, anyway. Gold digger Android Trojan takes aim at Asia-Pac banking apps. This is a new Android banking Trojan that, according to Group IB, has been targeting more than 50 Vietnamese banking, e-wallet, and crypto wallet applications. The Trojan, which impersonates a Vietnamese government portal and an energy company, takes advantage of Android's accessibility services, which are designed to help users with disabilities to use apps. Through this channel, it is able to extract PII, steal banking app credentials, intercept SMS messages, and perform various user actions. Oh, boy. I think I talked about this earlier this week, maybe in last week. And something I'll have to dig into on this particular story a little bit. But I do remember talking, you know, when you start installing applications, like when you're you're using, let's just say, the Waze app. I'm not trying to pick on Waze. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll we'll, we'll pick on the Lord's Chicken, Chick Fil A. Yeah, I was. I actually noticed something the other day with Chick Fil A's app. And it's not malicious, so let me just put let me preface that out. But if you use their app, if you don't shut the app off, like you close the app out. Um, did you know it's still tracking your GPS? Like you're driving back home. And I was looking down and I was like, Hmm, my GPS location is still on, on my device. I look at it and I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if it's this and close the Chick-fil-A mobile app. And sure enough, you know, I did it again, like two weeks later and it did the exact same thing again it's it's nothing nefarious it's not it's not a big red flag to me it is because i don't tell a whole lot of people naturally where i live um always uh especially in family if you're uh, you know watch any of our family or if you're a personal friend of mine and you're friends with my wife and things of that nature. Um, you know, I always try to keep that level of separation, especially with the work that I do and the people that I deal with. I don't want that tie, you know, going back. It's really, you know, drop your tinfoil hat Jerry's in there. It's very much a tinfoil hat. And no, I'm not thinking that some threat actor is about to come nuke my house or anything. But it, it's one of those things that I, it's better safe than sorry really um but that goes back to this where yeah so this particular one so i went on a complete tangent on something that doesn't even pertain i'm sorry <laughs> this is phone scams i was thinking about applications my oh my goodness look i told you it's been a long week ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so yeah this is actually very interesting to see i, I know that we've had in my own circle of family and friends, you know, those Amazon callers and things of that nature, you know, you, the UPS text, Hey, you know, your UPS is out for delivery. However, we need to, you know, uh, confirm your address and things of that nature. So, um, it's just be aware. The, the number one thing I think, 
trying to think of the okay so the key takeaway when you're doing education to let's just say family let's start let's start at your three-foot circle like we learned in the marine corps you take care of your three-foot circle right um it educate your family and friends make sure they understand that amazon the irs your bank most of these legitimate businesses are not going to call you directly and you know engage with you unless you've called them first except for the your bank's fraud department but nine times out of ten the a lot of the new credit newer credit card platforms you know your amex your chase your wills fargo bank of america you know they do have those push notifications that come to your phone so that's one of the few pushes that i allow on my mobile device but you know if something comes up and i'm like what the heck is this i don't remember paying for this or authorizing this transaction and then a few moments later the fraud department calls me okay we have some correlation there but if a fraud department just calls me i'm like yeah no and i just hang up right so um and then I'll log into my account the, with the URLs that I know are there and, you know, go through the proper approved channels for verification of said transaction. So I, I think doing that, you know, again, I went on a rant earlier about, you know, cybersecurity month being 98% uh, marketing and how do we make things better? Because the CISO series, or not CISOs, but CISOs yearly publications is the same regurgitated stuff year after year after year after year because we have still the same problem. So I am taking it, my personal missions, like anytime we see something like this, take a moment and kind of fi figure out how all of us as a community can make small changes in our local ecosystem, if you will, our own circle, our three foot circle and make the world a little bit better, a little bit more secure. Cause I really think, you know, the quote unquote grassroots efforts is gonna be the way to go to get this thing done. I think that was intro to the mid-roll. And yep. now a word from our sponsor, Conveyor. We can all agree that AI can take one job from us and that's answering security questionnaires. Enter Conveyor, the AI security review platform helping InfoSec teams attack security questionnaires from all angles. Reduce incoming questionnaires by sharing a trust portal with customers, and for those questionnaires you do get, use our AI questionnaire completion tool to auto-generate precise answers to entire questionnaires in seconds. Lucid tried a free one-week proof of concept and reduced time spent on questionnaires by 91%. You can learn more at www.conveyor.com. That's C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-R.com. All right. So before we carry on, I do want to make a mention. Thank you so much to Leon Elliott. I do see your five gifted subs. Everybody, if you're if you just received a gifted subscription to uh, Dr. Jared Ozier's uh, Simply Cyber podcast, please give a you know howdy. Thank you. To Leon, thank you so much. Wow, did we just become best friends? Yep. 
Sorry, I don't have this honor. One of these days, I definitely need to uh, see if I can steal that from DJ Bisek or Dr. Gerald Osher himself. Um, so thank you so much for those five gifted subs. We greatly appreciate it. Um, helping spread the advancement. And, you know, I do know some folks have to refresh your page and then you can get the, the gifted emojis and things of that nature. Um, you know, mods, are we seeing a lot of unsubscribed people like non? Jen Housley, thank you for that confirmation. All right, with that, welcome to the mid-roll. I will wait for that that comment coming back from the mods in here just a little bit. Let me minimize this. And again, thanks to the show sponsors. You know, we don't talk about ourselves a whole lot. The, being the the pleasure of being the go host, the co-host, having my my goofy thing down there, and the she shanty at the end is probably over the top marketing, really for the Barricade Cyber brand. But thank you so much to Penobscot Security and Anti-Siphon Training and Black Hills Information Security for your continued support. I know all three of us are here for the long term. Um, I know we're through the end of this year and uh, we'll have some negotiations and renewals coming up with this, but um, I don't expect Barricade to go anywhere in 2024 or 2025. Um, you know, I really love dealing with you ladies and gentlemen that are out there. I love having the conversations that are that are happening and um, being a resource for you. So it's it's awesome to be here and it's awesome to be a sponsor. Um, with that, I want you to help help you grow your cybersecurity circle. Again, like I was talking about your three foot circle, let's expand that a little bit in social media if you can. You know, hashtag simply cyber community challenge is that on LinkedIn. So where you could talk about your cybersecurity challenge and learn about others cybersecurity challenge and how they broke in and got into the industry. Yesterday, it was uh, Lamar Anderson. I will post this into the chat. With great power comes great responsibility. So I will post with Dr. Joe Dozier. Um, so definitely check out Lamar, check out his post. See, see how he's uh, how this gentleman got into the industry. So I know I've got a ton of messages in my inbox on LinkedIn. It's been a train wreck <laughs> for me lately. But yeah, definitely find other like-minded people. See if this his story resonates with you. He definitely is a uh, an aspiring cybersecurity professional. So he's probably more likely talking about how he's breaking into the situation or into the industry and. Um, U of T, so I assume you know the assumption is a mother of all. Uh, I assume University of Tennessee, but uh, Lamar, if you are in the chat, please say hello and please pass somebody to the baton, uh, the, the baton to someone who is there that wants to be talk about their simply cybersecurity and um, to help Lamar out, type in hashtag. Uh, nominate me or something to that effect and you know allow him to be able to know who he, he can be able to lean on and pick, uh, pick to potentially pick up that baton moving forward uh, we never know Lamar may be a new, newer individual and not know many people so um, this thing has been going on for a little while now so 
Uh, if you want to talk about it, simply drop again, nom hashtag nominate me or something like that. And uh, hopefully he will pick on somebody. And I'll look back to mods a little bit. Um, Jen Easley, we are not streaming on LinkedIn right now. Yeah, it looks like we are. Anyway, we'll carry on. We'll, we'll, mods, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> and with that, let's get on to the uh, part two of the show. Cloud giants face UK competition probe over lock-in practices. The UK's competition... Do we have... Oh, we may have an issue with the... I may have not copied a link. Give me one second. Or I have them outside of order. Mm, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. My apologies. Instead of an audio issue today, we are having a URL link issue today. Hmm. Thanks, Kimberly. I do see uh, the confirmation about this not being in LinkedIn. I am sorry about that. It does show on my side that it, it does have a link to it. So get bear with me. Well, we'll we'll flip back and forth. So apparently, I may have forgot to copy a link over uh, into the sandbox. So my apologies. So we'll pick this back up. And markets authority CMA is launching a broad investigation into large cloud organizations like AWS, Google, and Microsoft to determine whether large cloud companies make it difficult for businesses to move or to use multiple providers. These three companies account for 90% of cloud revenues in the UK. Key issues being scrutinized are egress fees that cloud companies charge customers for moving their data elsewhere and interoperability in which cloud companies make their procedures incompatible with other vendors, making moving out more problematic. F okay, so yeah, this has always been a very big issue. So anytime you're going through, I'll give you from you know, incident response and years of uh, disaster recovery planning for organizations. A lot of times you got to figure out when you're going into these cloud hosted ecosystems, you know, is there a way to have an offline copy? We've seen last year there was a big, massive cloud hosting provider for, um, for some dental software, things of that nature. And, you know, because they didn't have an offline backup of their data, they couldn't run for two or three weeks. And that was because of a cloud provider. Um, you know, trying to mid uh, migrate your data from Azure to AWS or GCP, Google Cloud product. You know, it, it is a real big pain point. So definitely go... You know, 
Once you go through and finish doing all your... Ah, you gotta patch it! <laughs> ...for your other stuff you gotta do, carefully consider that this weekend as you're grilling out or, you know, throwing the ball with the kids or whatever you may end up doing on the weekend for uh, relaxation. You know, what if said cloud vendor, you know, that's part of your critical infrastructure for day-to-day operations went down? Let's just say, I mean, let's just say it's not even a migration issue, you know, a DNS issue, a uh, a data center issue, right? So, you know, if it was to be, you know, two hours, is that an acceptable downtime? Is you be like, yeah, two, two hours is okay, you know, it, it, but it starts really starting to impact us at six and eight hours and, you know, two days is completely unacceptable, you know? So, you know, you got to have these type of conversations and evaluations. Don't just be blindly putting your trust into a cloud provider. Cause even Microsoft will tell you, you know, if you ever talk to them, um, you know, why isn't my email secure? We're hosted on you. Well, we give you a slate and then you customize the security to your business needs. It's essentially what it is. Just like they don't back up your data either. You really need to have a third party backing up your data. Again, not a sales pitch because we don't offer that either. But most people do not know that Microsoft 365 does not back up your data. And they strongly recommend you to have a third party back up your email, your SharePoint, and your OneDrive. So, you know, while it is geolocated and it has redundancy, it's, it, don't mistake um, redundancy and geolocation failovers as a backup. So, you know, definitely things to consider, ladies and gentlemen. DA pushes cyber mandates for medical devices. The Food and Drug Administration. Yeah, I, I guess I completely have. I don't know where these links came from. I have no idea. Bear with me one second, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to. Talk amongst yourselves. I really don't know where I got these links from. Or did it just copy over? That's weird. Hold on. That looks familiar. Why does that look familiar? Oh, do you, did I just do what I think I did? Nation <laughs> has released a new mandate placing responsibility upon the vendors of medical technology such as pacemakers and insulin pumps to quote find and mitigate vulnerabilities, create a software bill of materials and have a plan in place to address vulnerabilities for products after they have been sold, end quote. The rules allow the FDA to refuse to accept devices that do not meet the guidelines. The rules apply to cyber devices, meaning specifically medical devices that are connected to the Internet or that have software or technical characteristics that could be vulnerable. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> if you know what I did, you know what I did. 
I can't believe I did that. Clearly, even I am not paying attention, and neither are you folks, because <laughs> nobody said anything. Oh my gosh! So I won't spoil it, but if you know what what I did wrong, you know what I did wrong. So, um, that is so weird. I can't believe I did that. This would be a clue. Atlassian patches already exploited Confluence zero-day. This was a, quote, maximum severity zero-day vulnerability in its Confluence data center and server software, which has been exploited in attacks, end quote, according to Bleeping Computer. Numbered CVE 2023-22515, it affects Confluence data center and server 8.0.0 and later and is remotely exploitable in low-complexity attacks that do not require user interaction. Admins are being advised to check for breach signs, such as unexpected newly created user accounts. The company mentioned in a statement that, quote, Atlassian cloud sites are not affected by this vulnerability. If your Confluence site is accessed via an Atlassian.net domain, it is hosted by Atlassian and is not vulnerable to this issue, end quote. So I will tell you what I did. If you haven't figured it out, I will tell you, using the wrong link, no, that's not what I did wrong. Um, this is definitely a very much a Carl issue. Um, I can't believe I did that. And it's, it's honestly too far into this to fix it now. So my apologies to Dr. Gerald Osher. If you catch this thing, I am a big freaking Carl meathead. Uh, that is freaking. You got, once you figure out why I'm just kind of moving along. But I, I, I will tell you in a second. Fake Amazon callers top this year's list of phone scams. A new report from Hiya, H-I-Y-A, a company that focuses on phone security and fighting phone fraud, shows that phone fraud and scam calls continue to plague phone owners, with the UK, the US and Canada seeing 28, 27 and 20 percent of calls, respectively, as phone fraud and spam. Among the chief phone scams this year are Amazon impersonators alerting to an unauthorized purchase and urging an account update, outstanding insurance bills, Medicare fraudsters offering medical services in exchange for people's Medicare numbers, get-rich-quick crypto sales, and impersonators of loved ones who need money wired quickly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't picked up what in the world I did by just kind of going through... So I typically use tabs in um, for part of the show prep. So it's probably going to be very, in fact, I will do it this way so you get a better. So you'll see, you know, I have intro here. I have story. Then I have mid-roll. Then I have number two. My jack wagon itself had number the grouping for number two and number one backwards. So while I was playing the audio for group one, I was showing the links for group two and commenting on the web pages for link two. So uh, it's been a long couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, so uh, sorry, everybody. <laughs> With that, we will say. 
thank you for joining today's Simply Cyber Community Podcast. I greatly do appreciate it. Again, I am so sorry that that trash happened. <laughs> if you are just around for the uh, for the news, thank you so much for showing <laughs> one story and talking about uh, showing and talking about one story why CISO Siri reads a different story. So unfortunately these things happen. Um, I feel bad. <laughs> but anyway, um, hope y'all get a chance to get out, go uh, do some walking, you know, go spend some time with the, the kiddos, the significant others, what, whatever, you know, throwing the ball for the dog, whatever makes you happy in this world. Um, you know, hopefully you get some chance to be able to go outside and be able to enjoy some of those activities this weekend. With that, um, we will get, move over to the jaw jacking where I'll let everybody continuously roast me for being a complete and utter jack wagon. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'll bid everybody a good day who is just here for the news. Again, going to jaw jacking for a few minutes. All right, welcome to jaw jacking. Come on, bring on the roasting. <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot believe I did that. That is so crazy. So we did see something. Let's see. So if you have any questions for me, definitely uh, you know put in the uh, Q, the uh, Q colon, and then type in your question, and that way we can be able to. Uh, I can be able to see it. There was somebody. So Luke. Enjoying your last day at the looking at the ocean. Are are you on vacation or are you moving? Hopefully it's just vacation. Because moving sucks. Coming back from vacation sometimes sucks. Especially when you got family and stuff like that. It feels like you need a vacation from your vacation. Luke, I feel your pain, good sir. Hopefully I can get a break from work and there are no fires. So when you're typically um you know, especially in info security and DFIR, it's um, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are typically our Mondays. So busy times are always uh, in there. Um, let's see, from counter one of my counterparts uh, in chat, uh, from Casually Joseph, all right, jaw jacking time. What's for dinner? Jossap? Um, we are probably going to do some, I don't know about tonight, but on Sunday, we're probably going to fire up the Traeger and do some St. Louis, uh, a couple of different styles of St. Louis ribs, um, with my smoked mac and cheese. So that's probably going to be what's on the menu for the weekend. Kind of cue up some music. I wish, wish I had some better me do this and then do this and then do that just so we can have some music i wish i had the kind of the same setup that dr joe dozier has where i can actually feed this in without sharing my screen um stefan strauss any cool work stories not recently unfortunately nothing i'm 
nothing I'm legally allowed to talk about. Um, I know Joseph and some of the people who know me well are just waiting for the uh, the next episode of KMS Pico to come across my desk. I lose my freaking ever-loving on that program. Rick Armstrong, what job titles related to GRC? Trying to break into cybersecurity? Rick, I... But I really wish I had an answer for you. I don't know. Um, that's not really my world. That's definitely Dr. Gerald Osier's. I would say table that, please. Um, I'll even in the mod chat. Um, those who don't know, in the in the back room, um, y'all's questions, Jen Acerly and the rest of the mod teams are definitely screen capturing it, so that way it's I could be able to take uh, could be able to take a look at it. Um, but definitely save that for Monday or the next job jacking for Dr. Gerald Osier. Um, I would just think, you know, a job title saying GRC analyst is the first thing that comes to mind that seems relevant. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not the best person, right? I know, I kind of know where my lane is, and that's definitely not it. All right, so I have a few more minutes before I have to boogie woogie. Anybody got any other questions? Let's see. Experienced technical professional from network IT, IT specialist repair. I'm a little, holy crap. Um, that's a, that's a lot of roles. Good fella. Having a hard time landing a role in cyber applying since the beginning of the year. Any info? So Royal miles, I guess I'll call you. Um, there's a big divide in the tech sector, and you've probably seen this, you know, with your experience where a lot of folks are putting out, you know, hey, we've, uh, you know, the cybersecurity, the IT job market is hot, it's hot, it's hot. It's not as hot as people make it out to be. If I would recommend right now looking for jobs that have your experience that also offer cybersecurity services as part of their company portfolio and being able to shadow them, you know, um, do your normal nine to five job, but you know, because they mostly work on the weekends, especially the more critical stuff. Um, I would definitely recommend getting, you know, seeing, Hey, can I come in and intern and shadow or whatever the cyber side of stuff most businesses are not going to say no especially to an existing employee that's you know looking to get into that industry so definitely look for a company that offers again what you currently do and the thing that uh the uh the specialty you're trying to get into and that may be literally right now the easiest way to be able to get into it um so it's a uh, it's a hard thing to do right now. I'm not gonna lie. You know, don't don't believe everything you hear about the job market. I'll tell you that much. At least in our own e ecosystem and IT secure info security and all that. Um, I'm a new dude. My first cert for Google Cybersecurity. Congratulations. Uh, what would be your next step? I have a two year at two years of test engineer using Linux and hardware install. Um, 
You know what I would probably recommend, depending on your age, I will assume you're a younger lad. Um, I remember kind of fondly when I was, you know, very early cutting my teeth, working at local computer shops. Now I'm not talking about the big box stores, right? I probably just made Joseph jump out of a window. Um, but the uh, your local computer shops, because a lot of times you just get some of the, you get a lot more flexibility to work on stuff that's outside of the scope because they're not as scared, or well, I shouldn't say as scared, but they're not as quite res uh, restricted on the services that they provide as typically the big box stores do. Um, and you get a lot of people skills, you get a lot of communication skills dealing with these folks, especially those small shops. So definitely find, if you, um, find a local one again you know if you got a normal job during the week you know most of those computer shops are open on saturday and sometimes sunday working one or two days on the weekend just to cut teeth in and see if there's a, a vibe there maybe so there's a couple of different ideas for you to potentially consider and i'm just going to cycle I, I really need to get some different music on my soundboard um i have an opportunity to take the gfs uh and we'll I'd like to know if this would be a valuable cert to get into DFIR. Um, I haven't seen this in DJ. Um, let me, just a second. Bear me one second. I'm pretty sure I know exactly which one that is, but it's been, again, it's been a long week. Let me confirm it is what I think it is. Yeah, from Easy Counsel, the forensic investigator. Um, so those those who don't know, um, I'll actually bring up my other screen here again. Casually Joseph, I think, was actually talking to me about this the other day. Or probably, I say other day, um, you know, within the last 30 days he's seen this and didn't know if this would be of value i don't know a whole lot about this particular course i know ec council has a lot of bad rap around a lot, a lot of their stuff um i don't know about this so i don't have any insights i don't know anybody in my circle that is recommending this yet um how much does it cost does it tell you or do you have to get into their eco their sales funnel. That's what it looks like. Another thing I don't really like about businesses is, you know, if you're not willing to post your price for training on your site, I don't, I mean, I understand you know, a lot of times you can't do that because it depends on case by case, scenario by scenario, like uh, consulting services like us and Brandon Pohl and things like that, right? But I mean, you're doing a training seminar, you know, if Black Hills Information Security can do it, why can't you guys? Uh, so I, I guess it depends on the price and what's actually covered. I'm not, I don't see anything jumping out at me here, Nathan, that says, you know, course outline.
How many technical hours is this? So I see the questions piling up. I'm sorry. I'm, I really want to be able to make sure I answer this one. You know what? No, Nathan. No, don't. Don't. Here, let me show you. This guy, if you've seen this guy, 13 cubed on, um, on YouTube, you you know he's got a wealth of information. I'll put this in the chat, but, but what I've seen of him, he definitely knows what he's talking about when it comes to DFIR. Um, I know these these prices definitely start getting a little, um, a little pricey in some of these scenarios, but. The dude knows what he's talking about, um, and I think you have light years more experience and understanding by going through 13 cubes training than you might ever do with EC Council. Again, only because I know I we have a proof of concept, if you will, with 13 cubed on on YouTube. Um, we don't really know, you know. Even Sans would be like, hey, in this course, you know, they kind of do a, they take like one of the books, like from day two or day three, and they kind of do a, a snippet, you know, of 10, 20 pages of it or whatever, and kind of walk through that class in a very microsec uh, microscope. And I'm not seeing anything that jumps out at me out of EC Council. So I'd rather go with somebody that has information out there that's easily able to consume. Um, with that said, let me let me get back to the questions, ladies and gentlemen. Again, sorry I went so long on that one. The question from Stephen Mott. Question, are digital forensics and data recovery related jobs wise? Um... I don't understand the question. I guess this kind of goes back to... Well, let me actually hide that. Sorry. Um, Stephen Mont, that really goes back to the question of what do you want to do as a career? Right? I mean... Well, doing red team and penetration testing was a lot of fun. You know... Um, it was a massive endorphin rush when you were able to pop that pop that shell and all that, but it it wasn't for me on a long term, right? Um, I was getting close, but I just I wasn't finding what I was really passionate about. Digital forensics is that you, Steve. Uh, you know, I've said it many times. You got to find out what is true to you, what your passion is, and what inspires you, like. When you wake up in the morning, man, I really want to go do this, right? And, you know, for me, it's hunting evil. I love going through logs. I love, you know, finding that Easter egg, that hidden nugget and be like exposing it, right? Like some congressional hearing. Uh, so that's what I love doing. Um, so for me, it's wise for you. I don't know, maybe GRC, maybe hardware. Again, you got to find what your passion is. Don't live someone else's passion. 
catch up here in the in the chat here so do you think automation will affect hiring tier one sock analyst if it's designed to replace tier one will be how we train for two two without tier one all right so elite gunslinger um let me just confirm i know let me just make sure somebody didn't slide in on my calendar I know I haven't got any text about anything, but let me just make sure. Yep, we're good. Okay. Um, it will, uh, automation will affect tier one. I am not of the notion that automation will replace tier one, right? Um, there's a lot of alerts that are generated in your sim and other tools that you'll leverage throughout from your day-to-day -day operations that still need to be verified, right? Um, case in point, you know, the case we were doing earlier, um, not a, a case we're doing, but a story that was on earlier, talking about new users being created. You can have an alert for that, but what is your action item for that set alert? Um, you know, traditionally, a lot of automation will be like, lock it down, then do your verification and then unisolate, unlock it down for that. It really depends. You know, automation is going to be cool to help get to the answer faster. Um, but you're still going to need the skill set to be able to digest what that automation is still doing, right? So, um, yeah, we had a we had a situation that came up yesterday that sent me down an hour long rabbit hole um it was a process called mem compression that got flagged as a suspicious process um there's a great story about you know automation yes we're as i am we're learning more and more on cases from threat actors and the latest ttps we're applying that to our sock services and our sim services and being that ultimate big brother fuel um but you know those are one of those suspicious things like Mm, this was not running on a whole lot of machines across our entire management. Let's raise an alert and investigate it. Um, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase that for the people in the back. You know, having your sim look at anomalous processes running that are not over, you know, not running on the majority of your systems. Let's say hypothetically a WPDF. That's an okay. That's a white labeled application. You know, it's running on a lot of your systems inside of your ecosystem. Um, but having those weird screen connect servers or um, team viewer or what, whatever, you know, whatever process, um, you know, let's just say Dropbox is a good prime example. You know, if Dropbox is not used and it's, you're seeing it on one, two of your machines, it should raise an alert be like, What's going on over here? This is an unapproved program. So anyway, I digress. But yeah, it's a long, long-winded story to say it will. It still requires an understanding of the logs and being able to digest deeper to verify potential false positives or anything like that, right? So it's going to help. I don't think it's going to completely eliminate the tier one. Sorry, I do know I get long-winded sometimes. 
Um, I'm going to quickly scroll. All right, so it looks like we got one last one. Um, queued up, I guess. Q-E-D-U-P. See if I can just try to find him here in the chat. Uh, question was, are peer interviews the standard? I understand establishing a robust team dynamic, but it takes the wind out of your sails if your two interviews in and a company declines after the third. Queued up. This kind of goes back to the same thing that I was talking about before. There's a lot of things that are being said out there that the job market is hot. The job market is hot. Don't don't take it personal. That really, please don't. It's um, it's a very rocky um, industry with the job market and things of that nature. So. Um, Oh, it looks like we have a super chat coming in from Black Tactical. Thank you so much, Black Tactical. Best way to train and get a job pen testing. Um, Black Tactical, I... Again, thank you so much for the super chat. I'm sure Dr. Gerald Osher will appreciate that. The um, best way to train and get a job in pen testing. You know what? I'm going to go back to the sponsor. Um, Black Hills Information Security. Go look for um, Bo Bullock's pop in the cloud or breach in the cloud, whatever, something like that. Go take that. And then go to YouTube. I'll actually bring this up. I wonder if these guys are still doing content. Let's see. Uh, do, do, do. So there's a gentleman named Stoke. There he is. So, hush. Um, Stoke. He he's very very good. I don't know sure. Has he been putting out? I know he kind of went on hiatus for a while. Okay. So yeah, it looks like he may be starting to come back a little bit. But yeah, I mean, this guy is definitely one guy to listen to. Um, uh, there was one, there's one other gentleman. And Stoke was actually on there with him. Let's see. Thankfully, because he doesn't, he hasn't had a ton of content. Oh, this is going to bug me now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I think this is it. Yes, Tom Nom Nom. Tom Nom Nom. So definitely look. Here, I'll kind of minimize myself down here. Um, weird name. But the dude makes some really, really cool tools. And he talks about them on... Um, talks about them from time to time. So definitely check out those two guys. Um, their wealth of knowledge. I, I listened to them a lot um, when I was in a lot of pen, penetration testing. So, again, I'm not sure if they're very active anymore. Uh, at least in YouTube, anyway. But they're bug bounties and all that stuff. So, 
definitely check them out. Once you start watching some of their content or a lot of their content, you'll a lot of the other ones like uh, Nahamsek and things of that nature will uh, will start coming up. But anyway, with that, thank you so much, everybody who did uh, stick around. I do greatly appreciate another successful jawjacking session at least. Sorry so much for the train wreck on the news side of things, but at least it wasn't an audio issue today, huh? Can we take that for a win? Hmm? <laughs> With that, I hope everybody has a very awesome weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Try to enjoy uh, some time out if possible. And with that, time for some she shanty. And we will head on out of here. Take care, y'all. There once was a kid whose passwords laid across all sites. They were the same, a criminal. Then found their fame by taking that data to go. Soon may a criminal come to steal your pictures and data and run. One day when the crime is done, they'll steal your account and go. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. Get off my lawn!